Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. Hey, before we get started today, I am very excited to talk a little bit about our new podcast network. It, it's only like, it's just started. Yeah, it's in its infancy. And it's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. If I would have known this, I would have done this a long, long time ago. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, we have our own little podcast network because it was, well, Daniel has his podcast network, Empire. <laughs> Because he's on 5LQ, New Churches, and In Between, yeah, which is not yet a part of our network. No. But could yet. be at some some point in time. Hopefully, when we become big league like these two. <laughs> <laughs> but the cool thing about the network is we have um, our podcast as well as the established church one, Group Answers, Ask Me Anything. That's the brand new one with J.D. Greer. You do he need came to out go back. Swinging. He did. So be sure to look up. Are you a Calvinist? (laughs) How do you feel about Halloween? Yeah. Let's talk about politics. Okay. You're going to run out of gas soon, man. Slow down. So just on your podcasting app, look up Ask Me Anything, J.D. Greer, and that'll pop up there. Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty and the One Thing Podcast. That is who is a part of our network. You have so if to you say wanna... one thing in like an Aussie accent. Good eye, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, if you want to learn more about the network, just go to leadership.lifeway.com slash podcast. And, and one last thing before you hear this fantastic interview with Jackie Hill Perry. Like you are not going to want to miss this. In fact, it is so good that you're probably going to want to share this with your leadership team as well. But the thing that we wanted to tell you about was a brand new thing that we are introducing. It's texting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did we come up with that? It's uh, like well, Al Gore in the internet. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Here's something we're bringing to you. It's called texting. Yeah. So you don't want to miss this. If you text leadership to triple eight triple one. Yeah, you will be entered into a book giveaway draw. We're giving away a ton of books and you're going to be able to download a free ebook right away. Okay, so that's triple eight, triple one, text leadership to that number and you'll be entered into that draw. Well, let's listen to the interview. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions podcast. I'm your host and today I'm here with Daniel M. Hello, hello. And we have, I know we say special guests a lot and I know that I've made this caveat a lot, but we're talking to Jackie Hill Perry today and I first encountered her um, through the ERLC um, and an event there and just heard her speak. And I was like, okay, that's different. (laughs) Um, What was she speaking on? uh, Well, we, okay. So here's the deal. We, I, I mean, you know, tomorrow I get on a plane to go to another conference. I mean, we are conference people. We put on conferences. We speak at conferences. We attend conferences and, you know, are there to represent Lifeway, all these different things. So we hear yeah. a lot of people mm-hmm. at conferences, but I would say um, it's, it's just not only, uh, Jackie, not only your story, but your content is absolutely uh, amazing and your delivery of it is absolutely amazing. And um, I was very happy when I heard that, you know, B&H, Brahman Holman, uh, our publisher, is publishing this book. And we get to talk about it. Yeah. So. And the title of the book. Yes. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> it's epic. Gay girl, good God. <laughs> so, so how, what, I, I mean, I'm interested as I, we'd love for you to talk about the book, uh, Jackie, but how did the 
title come to be? Like, what was that yeah. like? So, you know, we were in the like titling meeting or whatever, and uh, no title was a bad title. No idea was a bad idea, but they were like bad. And so <laughs> like the ti- the titles that were coming out were just kind of really Christian-y, just kind of like they sounded like devotionals mm-hmm. in a sense. And uh, one of the ladies, one of the marketing ladies was like, you know what? I feel like none of these titles actually fit you. She was like, I feel like you're very bold. You're really like forward. So why don't we do a title like that? And I was like, well, what about like gay girl, good God? <laughs> I just said it. Boom. <laughs> and we were mic. like, okay. And so we wrote it down and then, you know, B&H, of course, I had to go talk to some people like, is this okay? And all of that. But yeah, and I'm just, I like alliteration and I felt like it was, it was frank up front, but very fitting to who I am and who I'm trying to reach because the LBGT plus community is not, uh, vague about anything. So yeah. So so tell us about the book and 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 a bit about your story before we go into our five questions. Yeah. So the book is basically part memoir, part resource, and so it's me just kind of telling my story about coming from um, a lesbian lifestyle, loving lesbianism, enjoying les- lesbianism, having that affection as early as four or five, and not really knowing what to do with it, uh, but how God, when I was nineteen interrupted my entire world um, and gave me an affection for him that superseded everything else. And so the story is that, but also with a lot of teaching moments, um, because I think it's kind of a waste of time if I write a book about me and you walk away learning more about me than you do about Jesus. Mm. Um, I don't think that really saves people. And so when I talk about my conversion, I'm actually teaching about conversion because I think it's so many people that confuse uh, coming from the lesbian lifestyle as like, you know, God made you straight. It's like, no, he made me right with himself. And in making me right with himself, he was giving me power over my temptations. And so I just spent a lot of time to uh, explain things like that. Yeah, I love the way that you really do. I mean, you are teaching all the way through it, but it doesn't feel like it, right? It doesn't yeah. feel like I'm sitting, listening to a sermon. Uh, I, I mean, you are sharing your story and I could sense and read uh, the the struggle and the temptation and your wrestling with God going mm-hmm. back and forth and and just I mean I I love the way that you, um, yeah the way that you wrote this so thank you for thank you for pouring your hours and life into this book. Thank you. It was hours for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yes. Go well, ahead, Todd. Well, let's go. We'll, we'll go ahead and get into our, our first question. I'm sure we're going to be um, delving in and out of your story the whole time because this is what it's about. Um, you know, yep. from a five leadership question standpoint, we want to know, you know, who you are and uh, how you lead and, and all those things. But the first question we have is, I think, one of the most telling and important, and that is, who are you learning from? Yeah. Surprisingly, well, not surprisingly, I feel like this will sound very complimentarian, but it's true. <laughs> I'm learning from my husband a lot um, because he, in the last six or seven months, we've just been doing a lot of intentional work on our marriage, just learning how to love each other better, love each other well, not to get comfortable. Um, and he just does things that are so impressive. You know, like even um, he has a blog where he teaches on apologetics and he had a series where he was talking about Jehovah's Witnesses and how they believe that Jesus is Michael the Archangel. 
And he did like 10 minutes of teaching on this without notes. I'm a very manuscripty person. Okay. (laughs) And so for someone to not only say the scripture, uh, but say it verbatim, like I paraphrase, like I think in like first Corinthians, it says something (laughs) like, but he has the exact scriptures uh, verbatim. And he just knew all of this information to the point that it convicted me as someone who is kind of positioning myself to speak on uh, sexuality, where I was like, I haven't given that much time and that much study to this in such a way where I could articulate it that well. I think Mm -hmm. I can articulate it, but not as well as I know that I could. And so I've been really inspired by him as a leader um, and as an influencer when it comes to certain topics being well equipped to know that the, like to have the scripture deep enough in your heart that when you speak about a subject, it's rooted in not your opinion or your ideas or even what you think that the text says, but it's actually the text. And so I'm learning a lot from him. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I was on a conversation with a pastor yesterday who, after preaching on the Sermon on the Mount for 40 weeks, uh, his mentor advised him on the last Sunday like, it was like, how do you finish out the Sermon on the Mount? His mentor right. was like, you should just memorize the entire sermon and preach it from memory. Wow. <laughs> so he did. Okay. <laughs> and, and he was like, I was like, how'd it go? And he was like, it was like, it, it brought it to another level once you internalize it. Uh, you know, I rather bet. Than reading it, so. I, I bet. I gotta be I wonder up. if it was, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, you do. No, I was just wondering if it was like John MacArthur left because that would make it really difficult. <laughs> well, <laughs> like 55 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> what I struggle with is, so, you know, I had a, a, a period of ministry where I, I did preach on a regular basis. And um, I'm old enough now that I went through memorizing scripture in different and in completely different translations. And so now it's like an amalgamation of everything. And it's so difficult because especially when you're up in front of people, you're like, I don't want to misquote this or I don't want to quote this. Mm-hmm. Wrong. Um, but you know, it's like a little bit of NAS, a little bit of NIV, a little bit of CSV. <laughs> it's all yeah. in there. Hey, uh, hey, Jackie, on, on this question, who are you learning from? I'm, I'm curious having read through the book and, um, you, you mentioned a, a lady by the name Santeria yeah. and how after you committed your life to Christ and, and moved to LA, just how much of a role she played in discipling you. Um, can, can you, can you talk about that relationship and, and what that was like for you in, in yeah. your story as you had just come to know Christ and, and were wrestling through, through. Yeah, she was a gift. Um, she was a gift because I know without discipleship, I really believe that I might have, I think I'll still be in Christ, but I think I wouldn't be as fruitful. Um, and I'm, I'm obviously not as fruitful as I could be because I'm imperfect, but she really got me at a really good time because one of the first things she said to me is, is I was still really back and forth in my Christian faith. Like I believe God, I trusted God, but I was just mad worldly. And I was worried because I just didn't, you know, when you're a new believer, you don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I can't cur- I can't curse people out because they made me mad. OK, I didn't know that. And yeah. so like with her, she told me, she said, Jackie, you're on your way to being a very famous hypocrite because you can you can speak well in such a way where people will believe that you're living what you know. Wow. And that was like, oh, 
okay. And that stuck with me my entire like Christian life now. And so that was how she just kind of introduced how this discipleship relationship would work. And so she just taught me everything. She taught me what prayer was. She taught me how to read the scriptures and to read them deeply. Like she had me go through the book of John and I would have to read each sentence and uh, write down what I believe each sentence meant. And so the book of John, that took six or seven months for me to get through that book. And that was before that. That was before I knew I had the gift of teaching. So she taught me how to like to, to drink deeply from the scriptures um, and not to just read them like, you know, a sentence a day or whatever. Um, But more than that, I think one of the greatest things I learned from her leadership to me was her life because lived with her. So I was able to not only hear and learn from what she said, but see how she actually did it. Um, And so I would see how she lived out the scriptures. I would see her fall. I would see her failures, but I would also see how she bounced back from them. When you're someone being a disciple, that's so helpful to see is that, oh, my disciple is just as imperfect. But even when she falls, she has the faith to go to Jesus with it. And so um, I will I will always be grateful to God for giving me her. Yeah. So as as she was discipling you, um, I mean, did, did she help you understand your identity in Christ and and wrestle through um, having been lesbian and, and you know, yeah. same sex attracted? Like, did she uh, was she lesbian in and and did she have same sex attraction too? And that's how no. she was able to disciple you. So what what did that she all? She was incredibly like? incredibly straight. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she actually is the person who helped me to understand that those who are coming out of the gay community, what they need is holistic discipleship. Mm-hmm. Because she told me, she said, Jackie, lesbianism isn't your only problem. She was like, you're pride, you're prideful, you're lazy, you're gluttonous, you don't know how to steward your money you lie sometimes like she showed me like no it is really more to your heart than just this sexuality issue um and if anything these other things might be a lot uh a lot are are just as much in need of your attention as uh your affections are your temptations are so for her she addressed it and she helped me walk through it but i think she she more so focused on my heart like day to day it was how are you giving God your heart? How are you trusting him in your decisions? When you walked away, when you read John and you walked away from that text, what did you see about God and how can you believe that about him today? Um, and so there were specific things she did for sure, but she really just kind of discipled the whole person, which I think was actually way more beneficial to me if she, if she than if she just zeroed in on my sexuality and left everything else out as if, I didn't need to learn how to walk by the spirit in all ways. I, I think that's really, I, I think that's really insightful and important that that is a, you know, an ongoing process. And I think that really matches well with the second question we always ask, which is what's the main point of emphasis for you right now, whether that be in, in leadership or in ministry, what God's doing with you is that from a personal standpoint, what's your, what's that main point of emphasis right now? I don't know. What's yours? Yours might help me figure out mine. <laughs> Seriously. Well, no. Um, I mean, my I have really two. So what I'm trying to do, I, I transitioned a, a while ago my ministry from being in the local church to serving local churches. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to get better at that. I came from a larger church, but I recognize mm-hmm. that 
most churches are smaller. The vast majority of, of churches are, you know, 150 or, or less. And right. so it's how am I, how do I, I, that's how I grew up. I grew up in those churches. I know those churches yeah. well, but I have a tendency to lean on, you know, I, I'm what my main point of emphasis right now is to really kind of get back to the roots of why did ministry in the first place and recognize that and out of that well, then, you know, serve churches and the churches I started off in versus the the church. I. The other other thing would be um, I have to daily recognize that um, my children are my number one. I mean, I, we do uh, leadership development, you know, that's, that's what we, that's the warp and woof of what we do on a daily basis. And we talk to pastors and all that, but um, if I'm not doing that in my home with my four children, then man, I'm in a rough spot. And that is a constant struggle. Yeah. Not to be a hypocrite, just as you said. And I wrote that, that is one of the most valuable (laughs) insights that I've ever heard. Even, Uh, you know, when you do have a, a speaking gift or, when you do have that ability to even lead well, um, yeah. it, you have a, there's a big opportunity for you to be a, a great big hypocrite. So I love mm-hmm. that, that line earlier. Yeah. I, I think um, over the last year and a half, maybe I've been trying to work harder at um, becoming a servant in my church but I really want to just, I'm, I'm want to find ways to serve secretly. And so, and I, it's hard just because even my pastor, I, I'm in Atlanta now, so I'm in a new church. So I'm trying to figure my, figure out my place in, in my new church. But mm-hmm. in my previous church, my pastor would always put me in positions of leadership where I'm like, can I just like take out the trash, you know, <laughs> or <laughs> like, and so I get it. It's like my gifts have been given to me to serve the body. But I think oftentimes my gifts are are gifts are exalted on a public forum so much that I don't want to I don't want to do it in the church because it feels like ah, I don't want people to think, oh, look at Jackie. She's trying to, you know, do it all. And so it's like I want to do the secret things. But my pastor is like, no, this has actually been given to you for your local church primarily. And so I just been trying to find ways to always be of service. Uh, in the body that doesn't get me applause that I won't be seen or even affirmed in. Like, I just want to be, I just want to be on the ground in the trenches because I think that's good for my heart. I think it's good for people who are around me that are watching me to see, but I think ultimately it's good for God's glory. Um, I don't, I think it's enough people wanting to be on the stage and not enough people that just want to be, you know, unseen. And I think God sees that and honors that. And so that's, what I'm trying to do. That's really good. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 really good because I mean humility is being grounded, right? Yeah. Humility, humility is being rooted. And that's why I believe for for anyone who has a more of a public ministry. And I mean, Jackie, uh, you taught and I mean we travel. I mean, there's a lot of things where it's like it's easy to it's easy for us to get um, displaced from a local yes. context. And I think for, for our souls, I mean, you know, not even for the legitimacy of our ministries, our public ministries, but just for our souls, just for our yeah. families and just for my kids to be able to want to go. I mean, the fact that they, you know, every Sunday, Wednesday night, when we're like, we're going to, they're like, what are we going to do? And we're like, oh, we're going to go worship. We're going to go to our church. I mean, the fact that they celebrate that, that they want to go just gives my heart so much joy because I know that we've given 
to that. Mm, yeah, same man. So for our third question, um, I, I, I love this because it kind of gives us a little bit of a, a, a glimpse into the life of Jackie. And, and I love the book because it gives us a really good overarching narrative. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that your book could have been way longer, <laughs> right? Because I, I, there's a lot. It, it, was, it was hard to even get that out. Yeah. I'm a poet first. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know how to say a lot. <laughs> uh, so, so even in that, and I mean, I mean, what does life look like behind the scenes for Jackie Hill Perry? What are, what are kind of the two or three things that you have to do every single day and what benefit does, uh, do they have for your life and leadership? Yeah. Uh, first, the typical Christian thing is I got to read the Bible. Like I just, I, I just have to. And oftentimes if I'm not studying to teach for something, my Bible reading is just me reading, mm. just, just, just reading it, taking it in, looking at, I often look at, um, Spurgeon sermons on whatever text I'm reading. Cause I just love the way he articulates and the things that he sees in, um, the scriptures. Um, and I'll just pray, you know, so that's one. I, I think I just need that because I'll be in sin out here if I'm not like <laughs> drinking deeply of the word of God. Yep. Um, secondly, I need coffee. <laughs> I, I, yes, I do. It, 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 I I would like to. Ha I don't have a coffee maker in my house because I, I do. I have a French press, but I I just do a really bad job, so I I don't even use it. And so I usually go out and get some coffee, and I think that just benefits everybody because I'm just I'm just happier, you know. I just have so, <laughs> and I don't need it to wake me up. I just appreciate the taste. It's just a good thing to me to have a cold brew, and so that's something that I must do. Oh, that's um, awesome. Hey, yes, so on the French press, I'm a I'm a French press guy. Every are single you good morning. at it? Yeah. Okay. So here's a trick. Um, you just gotta. I mean, just get good beans. Uh, the the beauty of the French press is that it's a robust way to do coffee. It's really it robust. Is. So so you want to get like a you know it's it could be a French. I mean, it kind of sounds weird. French roasted French press, but I mean anything that's kind of dark and oily bean wise, and then you just um, four tablespoons. If you're doing a full French press, no, li no, literally, I've do I've been doing this for years now. Four <laughs> tablespoons, and you have to grind them not to a fine powder like you would buy. No way, uh, it I'm has to be that. coarse. No, yeah, no. So you have to you hold it down for about four to five seconds. That's it, and then you throw it in there, steep it for a few minutes, and you're good to go. Like it's. Yeah, I'll so, try again. I went here on a cold brew though, and I will still grind it to a fine no, powder. But if you're I doing a French the press, you can't. Cup. No, no, no. But if it's a French press, you can't do that. All right. Yeah. More if, on Jesus <laughs> and caffeine yeah, later. Anyway. <laughs> uh, well, so I'm curious. Well, I don't know. Like uh, lately, if I have a meeting where I can like walk and talk, there's a, a Starbucks. And I haven't been to Starbucks huge fan until more recently because of the yeah. lack of consistency. I'm a little OCD and have some issues. But, yeah, uh, just a little. <laughs> just a little. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, the cold brew is always consistent. And so... It's really good. Uh, That's it, probably the only thing I will get. That it's exactly... And I uh, just give it to me just straight and uh, Trenta. Like, I, I need something that's going to last me a while. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do a tall cold brew with uh, a splash of almond milk. That's all I need. All right. I don't, I don't need all the extra stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> co co coffee, definitely. It, 
don't know. It just brightens up my day. Yeah. It's just a good thing. So and then caffeine th- is a great way to start the day. Yeah. And, and, and Jackie, how, how long have you been married for now? Uh, four years. Four years. And how yeah. old are your kids? My daughter is three. My oldest daughter, Eden, is three. And then my youngest, uh, Autumn, is seven weeks. Okay. Wow. Whoa. So, so what does that look like um, at home with them? And that's our next question. What does leadership in your home look like? What does that look like yeah. parenting them, you know, alongside and then your relationship with your husband and then your public yeah. ministry? Yeah. Yeah, with the baby, out, what that looks like is just, you know, not waking out because she won't go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I am just exhausted. Um, but with Eden, Eden actually, my three-year-old, she she is really being used of God to show me uh, just a lot of stuff that I probably wouldn't have seen without a child. Um, because she is everything that I am without the Holy Spirit. And so she is <laughs> assertive. She is... Uh, intelligent. She will communicate everything that she likes and dislikes. She is stubborn. And so a lot of my frustration comes out on her, especially with a new baby where it's like, oh, I'm sleeping. You don't care. Um, and so what I've been hoping to do in trying to, to model, and I need the Lord to do it, but I just want to model uh, what it is to be a woman who is empowered by the spirit of God to her, whether that's in how I respond to her, whether that's in how she sees me interact with her dad, how she sees me interact with her sister, how she sees uh, me welcoming people into our home and serving them. And so a lot of my leadership, uh, I hope, will be just real. You know, I just hope she'll grow up to say, my mother could not have done half of what she did if it wasn't for the spirit of God. I don't want her to think that it was just that I was a good mother, which is great. But I, I feel like there is just a lot more impactful if she understands that that was like a doing of the spirit than it was me. Um, I think with Preston, we're both leaders uh, in our in our different ways. And so I think that's even more interesting um, is that me as a woman, I fully believe that I'm called to submit to him as the head of my home. Um, and so but I think we work together well where it isn't that Preston leads without any communication with me or any consideration of me. We, he, we really do discuss and talk about things together um, because he trusts my opinion and I trust his leadership. And so leadership is weird uh, because I think people have called it and made it to be things that it's really not a lot of times, but we're figuring it out. That's awesome. So do you guys... Um typically perform at events and and speak together or is it or is it typically separate it's it for the, now it's separate because i i teach um okay more gotcha. than anything but we used to for the last three years we were touring together on this tour called pie towards us and uh three of our friends and we were doing poetry so we were basically we had last year we had 28 cities so we were pretty yeah. much together all the time yeah. all the time yeah, Monday through Thursday, we're at home. Thursday through Sunday, we were on the road. Yeah, that'll Those actually hours. bring you together or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you are not friends with your spouse, there it is. It's no way you can tour and not want a divorce. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> but but we were just fine. That's good. That's good. That is good. And you know, you talked about leadership in the home and role. I, I think uh, a lot. There is a lot of confusion there. And some of it's based on tradition and uh, hopefully mm-hmm. most of it, ho- hopefully a lot's based on uh, biblical teaching as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah. it is a it is a matter of formal and informal and role and function. 
that all has to come together in order to make uh, a homework and a marriage work. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I have so many, even single women who, uh, are, that I'm getting to know now since I'm in a new city that are coming over, you know, and it, and it's stuff like, I know that they're watching us. I know that for a fact. And so it's like, it's not that I'm going to put on, you know, if I'm irritated, you're going to see that I'm irritated, but I have to be willing to be vulnerable to express my irritation in such a way that is not necessarily exposing my husband or putting him on front street, but it's exposing my own heart and why I shouldn't be frustrated, you know, or should be frustrated. And so I think um, teaching in the home is such a, a vulnerable place, but I think because it's so vulnerable, it's that much more effective. Um, than it is in any other place. Yeah, completely. I mean, if it if it weren't for my wife and kids, <laughs> I, you know, I I thought I was a pretty holy person. <laughs> but then, tell me about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, why am I so angry right now? <laughs> oh wait, she's doing what I do. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly yeah, it. Oh man. It's am I mad at my kid for what they did or no? It's I'm mad at it's my kids because, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, yeah. It, it's, it's so us. true. It's yeah, so true. I, I, I felt like God showed me that recently. It was like, the problem isn't Eden, it's you. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, man, that's, I think that's true. It's, it's, it's definitely me. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Now, uh, if you were, if you were sitting down with your 20 year old self, what would you, what would you say to your 20 year old self uh, about life? What would you say to your 20 year old <laughs> self about leadership? Huh. about life that um, everything really is working out like it's it's everything that's happening now is purposeful um, because I think the first the first couple of years as a believer were really difficult to me um, for me just just learning how to live new is is hard and mm-hmm. strange and it, exciting in some ways but it was it was it was harder than it was easy. Um, and so I think to 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 be reminded that you don't have to be discouraged, you know, uh, that it, it will get better. I think as a as a leader, I would have encouraged myself to know that that God is going to. He's going to help you, <laughs> because, again, I haven't been a believer long. I've been a believer 10 years um, when compared that to the other saints of the church. I'm still a child in the faith. And I, I agree. But I think in the beginning, 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 um, I just really sucked. I had leadership gifts, but I had no grace. I had no gentleness. I had no wisdom. It was just as soon as I saw somebody get mad, it's like, you need to submit that to the spirit of God. It's like, whoa, like, <laughs> chill out. <laughs> it's, I just, I, I, that's why I'm grateful for my pastor, um, Brian Dye in Chicago, because he he put me in positions of leadership that I probably even shouldn't have been in, but he knew I was one of those people that needs to be burned a little bit to learn that the fire is hot. And so I think by experience, um, I was able to learn how to love people better, but also being under him, um, he was my boss and my pastor. I just learned what true godly leadership looks like, which is really, I remember he told me, he said, Jackie, leadership is only, all leadership is that you serve first, you die first, you get low first. 
And I saw him do that consistently. And so when I was 20, I didn't know that Brian was coming. I didn't know that I would be able to be led and shepherded by someone who would make me better in that way. Uh, but I would have told myself, it's God is going to help you. You, you. you don't got to stress about it. That's, that's a good that's word. Very good yeah. word. So um, I do want to. I do want to take an opportunity to ask you a couple questions. Um, you know, we're done with our standard five. Now we're going into the bonus round, uh, and we we don't always do that, but uh, I definitely want to do it here just because I think um, there's a, there's probably a lot of people out there that identify with you and your story, even though they may not yet know your story. So mm-hmm. what what led you um, to write? gay girl good god in the first place yeah um it's a a couple reasons i think one books matter and i I think books have this lasting impact that just having to yeah it's just it's just something about it even uh, when i was studying deuteronomy 5 for uh tdc and how God's words were written on two stone tablets and what that has to say about his word. It's like, oh, you don't have to just depend on what you heard me say, but now you actually have a resource that you can continually go back to to see what I said. Mm. And so I think words, books do that for people. Um, Two, um, there's... There's so much talk about sexuality and not enough talk about how God is involved in this subject. And what I mean by that is... I feel like, you know, for example, in evangelism, evangelism, it's like, hey, how do I help my gay friend? You know, I want her to know that she could be married. I want her to know that she could do this. It's like, but your heart isn't for her to know God, though. It's like, wow. <laughs> I, like I, I, I want us to be people who are God centered wow. in everything, including our evangelism, our teaching and our understanding of sexuality that he created it for his glory. And so I think those in the gay community need to know the same thing is that this isn't even really as much about your sexuality as it is about you being made in the image of God and being made primarily for his glory and Jesus dying, not to make you straight per se, but to make you like him. Mm. That's the whole point. And so I wanted to write a book where I could use my story and kind of leverage my story to point to Jesus um, as an example that he really is able to do. Uh, what he said he would do, but also as a as a means to teach about what the scripture has to say about us and about him. And hopefully that's what I did. You sure did. <laughs> <laughs> you did, Jackie. It's good. Okay. <laughs> and Great. and I mean the book the book is Gay Girl, Good God. Uh, you know the the first fourteen chapters are a lot of. Jackie's story along peppered with insight and and what she was wrestling through and with but part three um here are the three chapter titles same sex attraction and identity chapter 16 same sex attraction and endurance and then chapter 17 same sex attraction and the heterosexual gospel those are great um i guess synopses papers in a sense to Uh to give a good glimpse into um, same-sex attraction. Do you think, uh, just to kind of finish things off, can you give us a little bit of a synopsis on on what that, you know, that same-sex attraction and the heterosexual gospel? Because I think some of our listeners are going <laughs> to hear that and they're like, what heterosexual gospel? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And so basically, I think in our desiring for our family members to come to Jesus, oftentimes we'll present uh 
straightness and marriage as the means by which they should turn from their sin instead of Jesus himself. And so the heterosexual gospel is usually subtle. And people use my story to do it a lot. They'll say, hey, look at her. She's married now. You can be too. As if marriage is a promise of of new life with Christ. It's not. A promise of new new life with Christ is eternal life. And knowing the Lord Jesus with all our heart and loving him with all our heart, mind and soul. And so the heterosexual gospel, it just esteems of marriage and straightness a little too high on the on the podium or the pedestal. Um, and it, it shouldn't be there. The gospel is this, that Jesus Christ loved us so much that he took the penalty for our sins on himself, died, rose um, and has offered us all who would repent and believe in his name freedom from our sin and power over our sin and the power and the, 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 the glory of being able to live with him forever. That's the gospel. So adding all of these other things uh, uh, to the gospel is actually taking away the power of the gospel and minimizing it to no gospel at all. And so that's really what I wanted to present is like, we just need to get back to highlighting God as the reason for our turning and not other stuff. All right, let's close in prayer. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Todd and I are just looking at each other and we're like, this has been amazing. (laughs) Yay! Praise God. Uh, Seriously, though, um, you know, having... We're not just saying this because, you know, B&H published the book and B&H is part of LifeWay and all that. It really is uh, a compelling read, both for... Somebody who might be struggling with this, but forget about that, M- male, female, you know, whatever. It, it, it we all um, struggle with something. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I think we can all walk through your journey with you and gain a great deal from it. And, you know, you can tell that you're a poet first and you chose yeah. your words oh, yeah. well. Yeah. And um, again. I think that's why it's so well written. It just flows well, we hope you enjoyed that interview. If you want to learn more about the book, you can go to gaygirlgoodgod.com and be sure to text in leadership to 888 to enter our book draw, grab a free ebook. And before we end, very last thing, be sure on your podcasting app, uh, look up Making Disciples because on Making Disciples, co-hosts Robbie Gallaty and Chris Swain will help you make Jesus's final words your first work. They are a part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. So if you uh, want to hear a discussion on discipleship and disciple making in the local church, uh, you'll actually hear great implementable tips in every episode. So look up Making Disciples on your podcasting app. Don't assume that you know what it is that this podcast is about. Because when you hear, oh, a podcast about discipleship, I already know what that is. You do not know what it is. Do check it out. If you listen to three episodes and don't like it, then the next time you see me in person, I owe you a cup of coffee. There you you go. Or a cup of cold brew. Cold brew. (laughs) Brew?